Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Uh, I'm lovely, uh, and, and in part, uh, the reason why I am so lovely this fine day, uh, we get to continue our discussion of the government assigning numbers. We do, but I have a question for you about our previous episode. Okay, so our previous so- episode, listeners, um, uh, we uh, looked at um, Social Security numbers and EINs, okay, which are employer identification numbers uh, handed out by the IRS. Uh, the former number is handed out by the Social Security Administration. And your question? Um, will they ever reuse the Social Security number? Uh, no. Nope. Nope. Okay. Wasn't there a time when they thought they might? They might, okay, uh, because they were predicting, uh, like <laughs> much of the world, that there would be this huge population explosion and there would uh, they would run out of numbers, okay? Uh, but turns out we stopped having babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that worked out, didn't it? Yeah. Although there is the chance that with sufficient immigration, you could conceivably eventually run out of numbers, numbers that way is true. in the future. And then they might have to add a 10th digit, right? Is that what they do? They uh, would just yes, because add it, another digit the way they do like with license. Because I know when license plates started, they're, they, I think they were just like one or two digits because there weren't that many cars, not that many people owned them or whatever. Yeah, and now, yeah, yeah most in most some states, states they've had to add dig, they've had to have a bunch of digits because, yeah, like in California, everybody and their cat and their dog all own cars. Yes, yes, um, and, and and you are correct. Most states when they first um, uh, started producing. Um, uh, 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 motor vehicle license tags, uh, what we refer to uh, as license plates, uh, most of them only had a couple digits, three at most, um, because again, the assumption was only the wealthiest of residents uh, would be able to, uh, to own a vehicle. But of course, um, you know, uh, once Henry Ford um, um, uh, uh, came up with the assembly line and started making automobiles affordable for working class American families. Um, and then we started building highways all over the place. Um, you had many more people who wanted automobiles. Um, Although funny story, the first two cars in Ohio ran into each other. That is true. Yes. <laughs> yes. They were the only two cars in Ohio yes. and they found yes. each other and hit each other, um, yes. which I just think is both sad and funny. Yes. Maybe at some point we could try to delve into the D- the mysteries of the DMV and how they assign numbers. But we're doing federal numbers right now. We, we we're are not doing, doing federal state numbers. And, and DMV and all of that stuff is done by the state. Those are not yes. federal. Yes. They're not regulated federally. So we'll get to state numbers maybe further down the road. Road. That's right. Okay. But right now we get to talk about my favorite codes that I don't really understand, which are zip codes. Yes. Okay. So what does zip, zip stand for? Zip actually stands for Zone Improvement Plan. Okay, zone improvement plan. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the United States Postal Service did not officially 
begin to use zip codes until 1963. Okay. Really? They did not use them before 1963. So before um, that, they just had to know where you were by just knowing where you were? Well, uh, uh, no. I mean, like your street address, and then I guess somebody who delivered mail to you knew uh, yeah, what, makes, what's, yeah. what area that was. And they'd say, okay, Bob, take all the people who live on this street, take their mail. And they would just go down yeah, that I mean, street and give out your mail. But what's interesting is as the United States Postal Service became uh, more technologically advanced and began to use mainframe computers, et cetera, et cetera, um, the Postal Service pitched to the United States Congress the idea that Postal Service could be quicker and more efficient if you actually had first, before you actually had the zip code. Um, they went ahead and pitched the idea of abbreviations for state names. So that was the first. Oh, thing. I guess that okay. would have to come first, right? Yeah, that, Is, that, that, that how are we going to differentiate each of the states, especially yeah. all the M states? Yes. Okay. Right. I mean, it's not so bad for for the states like Utah, where there's just the one U. But when you get into the M states and the N states, there are way bunches of those differentiating Missouri and, and Mississippi. And the you can't call them both MI. Right. Can, Missouri yeah, the, is MO and Mississippi is MI. The computer uh, program that I they used. That's right. The computer program that they used only allowed for 23, if you will, positions in a line. So if you had a locality that had a long name, how did you go ahead and fit within the 23, if you will, position or 23 characters? And that's what actually led to the abbreviation of state names. Little Rock, Arkansas. Yes. Okay. Right. You get into yeah. a, yeah. a longer, you know, you, you have Providence, city. Rhode Island. Now yeah, you're like, past 23. Yeah. You know, if you have like, you know, cities that start with, you know, north, blah, blah, blah state right right okay um or you know you know so oh, clarification by the way mississippi is ms michigan is mi yeah michigan is mi mississippi is ms missouri is mo right okay <laughs> but somebody had to come through and do all that yeah like and, you have alabama and alaska they can't both be al yeah that's right because okay. then so, your mail will end up so on a frozen tundra so, and if you're from Selma, that's not so good. So Alabama gets AL, but Alaska is? AK. That's right. Okay. Okay. Now, the, the most recent change to a state abbreviation actually was uh, Nebraska. Uh, and that actually came at the request of the Canadian Post Office Department. Canada um, um, uh, uh, went ahead and made the argument that NB which was Nebraska's first abbreviation was somewhat confusing because in Canada, they have a province, New Brunswick. Uh, so you had residents of New Brunswick that were receiving mail that was intended <laughs> for Nebraskans and Nebraskans were getting mail that was intended for uh, residents of New Brunswick, Canada. And how you would, and, and, how that would happen is not 
a weird street name, but no, it's a common, common street, street name. name. That's like, right. So if you live at 2321 Main Street. Yes. Right. Of, yes. of some city that happens to have the same name. Smithtown or whatever. Right. Yes. Some generically named place then I could yeah. see where that would happen. But I do think it's interesting that we care about Canada <laughs> yeah. and their postal codes, <laughs> right? That implies that there's a fair bit of mail that goes to Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. You know, otherwise, the Canadians complaining about it, we would have just said, okay, but we don't care. Moving on. Yes. But we clearly care because we changed the... Yes, we changed the abbreviation for Nebraska. Okay. Now, uh, uh, Nia, I know uh, the, the this additional piece of information is of interest to you. So we get zip codes in 1963. In 1983, the Postal uh, uh, Service introduced uh, the zip code plus four. So you would have the five digits of the zip code plus an additional four to go ahead and provide greater specificity to aid in the um, um, efficient delivery of mail. Yeah, I have to admit, I don't use the four digits most of the time. Well, the Postal Service basically just gave that up um, in the 1980s because the American <laughs> public basically refused to comply. <laughs> it's kind of like the metric system. Remember how they told us we were all going to go metric and the and we the nation, the population of the nation said we can't handle metric. It's too even, it's too easy. We yes. can't handle this. We'd rather keep our inches and feet and all the other measurements that make no sense and are based on numbers that aren't round. Take your uh, yeah, metric it, and go away. And the rest it, it, of the world it, it, is like, you know, it would be a lot easier for you. Yes, right. Metric. But and, and I remember, uh, Nia, uh, in grade school, uh, where we spent, you know, an entire quarter, okay, learning the uh, metric equivalents of uh, U.S. Uh, measurements. Um, and, you know, and again, that's one of those examples of things you learn in school that when you get older, you're just like, I've never used that. <laughs> I never use it, right? In fact, the only time I actually use it is uh, uh, when I uh, run road races, okay? Because ah. they're usually measured uh, in meters or kilometers, you know, you know, a 10K, a 10-kilometer right. race, right? But I've learned the equivalent, which is 6.2 miles, right? <laughs> okay. And, and the time that I generally use metric is in cooking. Yes. If you get a, yes. a, a recipe from pretty much anywhere outside the United States, mm -hmm. everything is going to be in grams and yes. liter yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Um, but can we mention a couple of the guys who were responsible for, because they have great names. You know, I loves me a good name. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, now, the uh, uh, person who is credited with coming up um, with um, uh, the, if you will, the zip code um, is um, Robert Moon. Yes, Robert he, Moon. In 1944, he, right. was, he was saying, you know, we should probably standardize. Yes. 
areas, although it didn't happen because, of course, we're the United States and we have to wait 20 or so years in order to make things. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, you know, know, climate change activists now are saying we must fix it now. We're like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. (laughs) Well, um, because it, it, that's kind of how we roll here in the states. Well, and and also too, most postal carriers knew their communities so well, right? That there wasn't a lot of support within the postal service for the change, right? I'm not yeah. surprised by that. Actually, you're going to make people memorize something that they don't need to because we know where they live. But then but you start getting a huge amount of movement. I would imagine in the 40s and 50s. 50s and then after the war, then you're suddenly, oh, people are everywhere and we have no idea who these people are. And, and also remember, too, World War II was the first war where the United States, <coughs> like many nations, began to use computers, right? So after the war, as the rest of the federal government began to learn how the War Department, then the Department of Defense, use computers, they began to also use technology, right? Right. So by the time it got to the Postal Service, the way the Postal Service pitched it to Congress was your constituents, representative so-and-so or senator so-and-so, will now get their mail, okay, in two days, (gasps) right? Instead of it taking a week, sometimes 10 days. And again, For our younger listeners, yes, guys, okay, the United States Postal Service used to guarantee, okay, used to guarantee, okay, that you would get the mail within a certain time frame. Yeah, they they don't do that really anymore. They don't do that anymore, but they used to, and it was all predicated on zip codes and state abbreviations. But Moon only came up with the first three numbers of the zip code right like he did right yes okay because he Uh, thought three would be enough silly him but then again think about the population in 1944 and then the population 20 years later in the 60s when they come up with the five digit zip code somebody said we're going to have a lot more people we're going to have a lot more people to deliver to and again much like the social security number okay the five digits of the zip code are actually used for specific purposes. So Nia, you just mentioned the first three, okay? The first three describe the sectional center facility or in the uh, parlance of the postal service, the sex center. <laughs> I did not say sex, I said sec, okay? S-E-C, the, that's right. Sec center, sectional center. Okay. Yes, the SCF, is the central mail processing facility with those three digits, okay? So for instance, okay, let's say, Nia, you go to a post office box and you mail a letter, because I know you mail letters, you mail uh, um, cards, cards, et cetera, okay? And that will get read at a post office, and then it gets sent overnight to an SCF, and in the morning, the SCF, okay, and the only reason why that SCF has received it is because a computer, okay, a scanner at a post office will read those first three digits. Which, by the way, I'm going to put to you that the post office 
is more advanced than NASA. Yes. And here's why. Have you ever tried to read other people's handwriting? <laughs> it's horrible. And especially numbers. And one of that, one of the reasons for that is if you look at the way a two is written by my grandmother with the big curly bottom and the little yeah. thing at the top. And then you look at the way it's written by me, where it looks almost like a Z. Yes. The the machine has to know that both of those things are a two. Well, think about a one, Nia. Right. A one okay. with the tail, a one without the tail, a one with the bottom, a one that's just a line, right? Like yeah, yeah. okay, or or sevens. Okay. Right. Okay. Or fours. Or, or fours. And how <laughs> we got many, a lot of hard numbers. Okay. Many Americans sometimes will transpose sixes with nines. Yep. And the post office computer, okay, scanner figures that out. Right. Figures it's all a that pretty out. amazing. Yes. Like right? you think the shuttle is amazing, but I'm just putting to you that anybody who can read the handwriting of that many Americans, because think about it. We're doctors, we're lawyers, we're we're teachers, we're accountants, we're yes. blue collar. We all learn to write numbers differently. Yes. And then there's the French seven where you have the seven and then the line through it. Right. Like there's all these things. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's amazing that it even gets. To, and I'm assuming that what happens is the scanner spits out ones that it doesn't that have to be read by a human. By a human, yeah. That's and then right. somebody has to go through and try to figure out where the heck you're trying to send this thing, and then put it in the right bin. But in, so we have a distribution center here in Richmond. Yes. So all the so what you're saying is somebody mails me a letter from Topeka. The first thing it's going to do overnight is come to the main Richmond S S C F, right? The central spot where it's then sent out to the individual post offices, which are based on the last two digits. Okay. So it comes to that Richmond spot. And because I live in Mechanicsville, those last two numbers tell it, oh, it, this needs to go over to the post office in Mechanicsville. Yes. And then the Mechanicsville person is then responsible for separating it and figuring out which carrier yes. it goes to because there's a bunch of carriers in each city. And, and by the way, those scanners, and again, because this is a government agency, you know, we need to have an acronym. It, <laughs> it is the Multiple Line Optical Character Reader, the MLORC. MLORC. Okay. So. That's pretty impressive that that thing can do that. In the last two digits, and again, the last two digits determine which post office it goes to and then to which character, okay, it will be actually placed into their truck, okay? The mail. Oh, each carrier, okay. Yeah, okay. And, and so, for instance, as Nia's pointing out, the, the Richmond area is generally 232. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, that's the, that is the or minus the two, three, one. Yes. Okay. So it hand, so there's more than one distribution center here. Ah, yeah. okay. Okay. Or the distribution center will handle multiple first three digits. So for instance. Oh, I see. So it could all be one facility that handles two, three, one, two, three, two, and two, three, four. So for instance, what have you. in Northern Virginia, their sectional center facility is assigned uh, codes 220, 221, 222, 
0.223. Okay. Okay. Now, where things get somewhat complicated, okay, um, is if you're talking about, um, uh, you actually have zip codes that cross state boundaries. And you will see this, for instance, with military facilities that span multiple states. So the example I found in my research was zip code 42223 serves Fort Campbell. And that spans Kentucky and Tennessee. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that doesn't confuse things. Or the zip code 97635 includes portions of Lake County, Oregon. And, and I'm going to mispronounce this, so I apologize for the residents. Modic County, M-O-D-O-C County in Northern California. Okay. Okay. It is, is so rural. Oh, okay. I was going to say, well, why wouldn't you just cut that off? But I see it's, it's so, so rural. rural. Yes. There's probably parts of Montana. There's probably parts of North Dakota that do the same thing. They edge up. Yeah. And you, you even see population the, like, like it makes more sense to break it up by number of people because you don't want the mail deliverer to have to drive, you know, 85 yes. miles to deliver yes. your mail. You want it to be a relatively tight in, delivery in, space. In, in a good example of what you're describing, uh, because this uh, location has been in the news uh, because of all the rain and snow that California and Nevada have been getting, but the um, uh, Reno area, okay, which, okay. you know, spans California to Nevada, Nevada, excuse me, okay, has one zip code, okay? Really? Yeah, 961, because there's not a lot of people who live there permanently. <laughs> okay. It's a vacation spot, it's a tourist spot, but they have one zip code. Right. All right. Now, if you might be thinking, how does the Postal Service assign zip codes? Well, much like the Social Security Administration with Social Security numbers, it started first in New England and then spread south and then west. Right. So which is pretty much how the English population started in the united states like it seems like it's a thing that we it's just a, do right you show yeah. up at a spot it's a and not the native population but the english population population yeah the settlement pattern of non-indigenous individuals in the united states okay was new england then and south then west west that's right so um zip codes starting with zero are in new england new jersey and some of our territories and military bases, okay? Um, then you move down into New York, Massachusetts, okay? What's the lowest, what's the, what's the lowest zip code number? 00501, and it's assigned uh, to the IRS Service Center in <laughs> Holtzville, New York. <laughs> and by the way this is important for the irs because again i know many listeners of this podcast 
may do their tax returns electronically, but millions of Americans still fill out paper tax returns. So the IRS has regional tax centers to just collect tax returns. And there's like a half a dozen of them across the United States, and each of them has their own particular zip code just to handle the volume of mail. Just to handle the volume of mail. Well, that makes sense. It, it makes yeah. sense because, and I, I'm going to throw something out here and, and ask if this is true because I, it, I'm just thinking through as a thought thing. I know that the university, Virginia Commonwealth University, has its own zip code. Yes. And that's in part because we have a huge number of resident, residential students. Yes. But we also do a huge amount of mail on this campus, right? Like, yes. Like there's a lot of things that come to campus. I would think that if you if you didn't have a zip code devoted to us and you just had us as a Richmond zip code, it would take a lot longer to distribute the regular citizens mail that is not part of VCU. Yeah. Right. Similarly with the IRS, if they shared, if an IRS tax center shared a zip code with the people in town, <laughs> they would never get their mail. Yeah. Like it would take forever to sort. <laughs> right. I mean, just by sheer volume, I'm not saying that that postal workers wouldn't wouldn't do their best. I'm saying that by volume alone. Yes. Yes. Nobody in town would ever get mail. They'd be like, oh, don't mail it to me. Just just send it by carrier pigeon. It'll get here faster. So um, just as a side note, where we are is two. Yes. Our zip codes all start with two. Because right. we're in Virginia, but that's also North Carolina. By the way, Mia, before 2001, there were zip, six zip codes lower than 00501. And those were all attached to diversity immigrant visa programs to receive applications from non-US citizens. <laughs> Wait, what what was what number was that? Until 2001. Okay. There were six zip codes lower than the one that is currently used by Holtville, New York. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. And these were uh, 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 numbered 00210 to 00215, okay? And were used by diversity immigrant visa programs to receive applications from non-U.S. citizens seeking visas, okay? for various purposes to be in the United States. Okay, again. that makes sense because that would speed those up. Yes. Again, you're talking about, a, a so huge... a lot of these are are done in order to speed, a lot of the way it's distributed is to speed up the delivery of the mail is what you're, is yes. what I think you've yeah. been saying. Yes, um, yes. And and I I find that <clears throat> that fascinating that, that I wonder if you get a new zip code if, like, let's just say that you and I tomorrow started a university. Ooh, that's a thought. <laughs> um, started a university. Yes. And, and probably until it's a certain size, it's just along with the town, right? Like, let's say yes. we start one out here in Mechanicsville. It's just along with the town. But then at some point, it becomes problematic in terms of speeding up the delivery. And so they say, we're going to give you a zip code of your own. 
Yeah, and that touches upon, for instance, um, you know, some or big businesses. Too. Big businesses. I mean, think about, for instance, Amazon distribution centers. <laughs> They've got to have at least one zip code of their own. Okay, uh, or you know, um, uh, you know, think about, you know, for instance, um, certain places in regards to uh, uh, the the shipping of Christmas gifts, right? I mean, these are all concerns that the Postal Service has to take into account if they want to be able to deliver mail, okay, uh, efficiently and effectively. Right. Um, and, and again, our expectations have changed over time. We've discussed this in the previous podcast episode about the Postal Service. But so many of our innovations in regards to delivering commerce okay, have occurred because of the Postal Service and the Postal Service picking up on trends that are going on in other sectors of American life, right? Right. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, think about, for instance, the IRS push to have more Americans submit their tax returns electronically. Well, you know, there has to be consultation between the IRS and the Postal Service. Because if Americans aren't using electronic submissions of tax returns, then the Postal Service better have what, okay, scheduled, okay, the night. <laughs> that it's all due. Right. All I due. was about to say that. Remember when we were kids and the post office stayed open until midnight that? Yes. Uh, on uh, April 15th? Yes. Right. Tax day. They yes. would stay open till midnight because lunatics like my parents yes. would be driving up at 1030 and handing over their their mail to go to the IRS. And it needed to be stamped on the right day or it would be considered late. Late. OK. That's why it used to be um, that you're and why still with balloting, your ballot yes. has to be stamped by a certain date in order to be received or it'll be contested as a ballot in many states, states that's and they right. tell you what that date is right yeah. it can be it yes. can be posted no later than yes and they give you whatever that day is yeah so, so yeah it's a whole thing the although it seems to me to be easier to well, i mean i always do mine electronically yes but i do know there are people who find great comfort in paper mm -hmm. they also some people when you're doing an incredibly long form and you've got 75,000 things that you have to put in your tax form, you want to do it in paper because it's easier yeah. for you to manage. Yeah. But I, the other um, thing that I, I remember from childhood, and I know it's not childhood as in I was born after 1963, for those who, who are wondering here, but there was still kind of a holdover of that when people would write out part of the state name Oh, yeah. Like when you would send something to my my grandparents in Virginia, you would write V.I.R. Yes. Right. And and or Alabama, A.L.A. Right. Or California, C.A.L.I.F. Right. Yes. Like yeah. people did that and they still did that when I was and I was born well after 1963 when this changed over to two letters, which I think is funny because it just shows how hard it is to get. Americans change, change their practices, especially okay. when there are when they've been doing it X way. Yes. For, you know, 
decades. Then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 what, what, what is this with your two-letter abbreviation thing? You, you forward-thinking individual, you. Mia, you and I have been in Richmond long enough. To remember when um, the United States Postal Service made it very clear that um, uh, here in Richmond, that if you lived in Enrico versus living in Richmond, okay, even if you wrote the correct zip code, you should use the correct local government jurisdiction, right? So there was this big to do about, because many of us, when we move to Richmond, we understand that we may live in a surrounding county outside of Richmond, but nevertheless, we would always write Richmond, Virginia, and then our zip code. Right. Okay. But I remember the Postal Service, okay, here in this region was just like, you all need to go ahead and write the correct local government jurisdiction. You okay? need to write Henrico, or you need Henrico to write Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Or Hanover, right? Hanover right. County, right? Even though you would not say those things to any human who asks you where you live. Yeah, because if somebody it, outside, if you were a guest speaker right at a panel yeah. and somebody said, Where are you from, Dr. Augenbaugh? You'd say, I'm from Richmond. Well, you I wouldn't mean, say, I'm from Henrico because they'd be like, What's that? Yeah. And as far as my family is concerned, up in northern, north central Pennsylvania, I don't live in Henrico. Right. I live in Richmond, right? right. <laughs> so when they send me, you know, cards, they still put Richmond, Virginia, and it gets to my mailbox. <laughs> it gets right? to you, right. Okay. But nevertheless, okay, you know, this was a big deal, right? Because, yeah. you know, and... And change is hard. And, and if you ask local government officials who work in those various jurisdictions, you know, if somebody says they work for Enrico County, they don't work for the city of Richmond, right? Right. Okay. And, and they, and, but it's. And well, and part of, part of why they draw those lines here and places like here is that politically the money is split up. Yes. By those jurisdictions. That's right. And they, they prove things by those jurisdictions, right? Yes. Henrico needs this amount of money because we do this amount of whatever. That's right. And they don't want it all listed under the umbrella of Richmond because that would give Richmond's mayor power over them that they don't necessarily yeah, because, want you know, or shouldn't have. Yeah, that's right. But as we but that also is part of the weirdness of living in Virginia, by the way, is that you can have a city that's not part of a county in yeah, Richmond. Can, and that is a mutant freakish thing that is not true in most other states. That's right. In most other states, your city is part of a county. That's part of a state. Like it's yeah. a I mean, and, you, and, and it's not just cities in Virginia. There are towns located within counties, and the towns are independent. Right. You know, so for instance, Charlottesville is independent from Arbomaro County. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, Blacksburg, <laughs> which is where, and again, the, the two examples I'm mentioning are college towns. Right, okay? or university towns. Okay, because right. University of Virginia is in Charlottesville. In Blacksburg University, or excuse me, Virginia Tech is located in Blacksburg, which is a town, but is independent of, okay, <laughs> the surrounding county. Yeah, okay? it's weird. It's Anyways, weird here in Virginia. We love but, Virginia, but it's weird. Okay, but the last thing I wanted to mention, okay, 
the highest zip code, the, the, the highest number, the largest. Okay, wait, 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 wait. What? Before you mention the highest one. So yeah. they go from east to west, right? Yes. Like zero is the, is North New east. England. Yes. And then all of our stuff that we own in Europe, which is east of here, right? Okay. It's all of our, our military bases, military it's, bases it's, and stuff like that. It's yes. the Virgin Islands, which is east. Yes. Puerto right? Rico. East. Puerto Rico, which is east. Yes. The Middle East, which is east. Yes. Unless you think of it as very, very far west. But anyway, all of that. And then you get like one is Delaware, New York, Pennsylvania, right? And two yes. is is the is District of Columbia, Maryland, North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. And then and then Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia is three, right? And Indiana, yes. Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, that's four. So you see how we're going west. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the highest number, you are talking about Alaska. You were talking about the number nine, right? Yes. Which is nine nine. Which is Alaska, nine, American five. Samoa, California, Guam, right? It's all the stuff yes. that we own that's west. Yes. Of the and think even west of the coastal United States, right? Yes. Marshall Islands, Northern Mariana. Okay. Ketchikan, Alaska. Ah, Ketchikan. It's a lovely place. Has 99950. That's our <laughs> high zip code. Yes. Oh, is it? Yes, okay. It yes. Oh, I like Ketchikan. Ketchikan's about, I don't know, like 20 people. And then it, yes. in tourist season, it explodes to be several thousand people because it's yes. a tourist town. Um, How do you know that? Uh, because I went there. I went there on a cruise. We stopped. Um, and I'll tell you, listeners, uh, if you ever get to go on an Alaska cruise, one, once in a lifetime, it was totally fabulous. Okay. Um, we had great, we were blessed with great weather, which was wonderful. It didn't rain the entire time we were there, which is weird because okay. it rains in Alaska a lot. But the cruise ships in Ketchikan, when they say we're in the city, they mean we are in the city. <laughs> I don't throw like Augie throws a baseball like a guy who throws a baseball right like yes. he's really good at that he did that in high school yeah he could probably throw a baseball pretty far he might be able to throw it to the other side of Ketchikan from where you are on the ship it's it's amazing how uh I we we when my when my uh, roommate said we're here I got up and I looked out over the balcony and we were literally I was looking down on a sidewalk no, oh, that's great. That and is I was fabulous. like, oh, hey, we're really in town. Okay. Yeah, that's fabulous. Which is really cool. Yeah. But I would I would recommend any uh, Alaska cruise to folks because it's, and, and any of the cities in Alaska like that, a lot of them are tourist towns. Yeah. So I kid about it being 20 people, but their population swells to four or five times during the cruise seasons when they get yeah. lots of tourists and stuff. Um, and uh, they were hard done by with COVID. Because of oh, course, yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. tourism. Yeah, yeah, no tourism. So yeah. what do you do when you're yeah. when you make your living off of the tourist season and there's no tourists? And yet I felt real sympathy for them. Yeah. But I I'm fascinated one by the fact that it's another nine number. Yes. But this is five hyphen four. Yes. Right. So EIN is two hyphen seven. Yes. 
And social security is three hyphen two hyphen four. Four, yes. And zip codes are five hyphen mm -hmm. four, except that we just as a group said, yeah, we don't care about that. Other yeah. <laughs> Thanks we're, anyways. You Right. You you can make us try to put them on there, but we're not gonna. Yeah, so, really. yeah, yeah. But what's weird is you still see them from companies, like on catalogs and stuff. You still see your other oh, yeah, four we, digits. We, 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 like we, all we, of a sudden, I'm like, all right, I have nine digits to my zip code. Like, or I'll go ahead and see it um, when I place an order online, and yeah. they and, and and you know I type in my address, and the next line gives me the zip code with all nine digits, and I'm like. You know, I should know that, but yeah, I, <laughs> but I don't. No, I don't. And I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So I. But, but I would like to point out that at VCU, yes, the box that your um, department's I mean, box number yes. is the last four digits, so it yes. actually is important. Yes. If you want to help out VCU's uh, mail service to yes. get something to you quickly, is to tell them which box you're in. Yeah. Um, which meaning which part of which box, literally which building you're in. Yeah. And each of the buildings have a different box number, which <clears throat> I'm assuming, excuse me, that we're not unusual in that, that, that no, probably I, institutions do that actually yeah. use those four digits. So maybe if you listeners are going to mail something to someone at an institution, you might consider adding those other four digits if you can find them to help speed it along. Yeah. Just to help with ease of delivery. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're sending something to the IRS and you want to drag your feet as long as possible, in which case, <laughs> do you? <laughs> Again, this has I, really been interesting, Augie. I, yeah. I, I think about the, I, I did not realize how clearly the zip code numbers traveled across the West. West, yeah. But it makes sense. And yeah. it makes sense that that's how you would, I mean, I guess it makes sense to me because I live on the East Coast. I feel certain that people who live on the West Coast are like, really? You couldn't start here just once? Just once you couldn't give us the... Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe the next big number... Oh, when I'm president and we have to assign some big number, let's start with the West Coast. Oh, okay. That'll make them feel included. Hawaii or Alaska? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know what number we'll come up with, but well, let's do. Let's make a note to do that, Augie, when I'm president. <laughs> I'll okay. add that. I'll add that to the list. <laughs> to the list, <laughs> because we've already identified that when you become president, I'll be your chief of staff. That's right. So, yes. <laughs> okay. All right, Leah. Great episode. Thank you. Thank you, Augie. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.